Alrighty, so today um, we have um, several students from the Syracuse Abroad programs. Um, if um, And our overview topic is culture shock. If we want to go around and introduce ourselves, say maybe your name, your major, what semester you went abroad. I'll start off, sure. My name is Elena. Um, I'm a junior and I'm a neuroscience and psychology major. And I went abroad in fall 2022 to Madrid, Spain. Hello, my name is Nish. Um, I'm a double major in international relations and anthropology. And I went abroad in Barcelona in uh, spring 2022. Hi, I'm Gianna Zola. I am a public relations major and I went abroad to Madrid also in spring of 22. Great. And I'm Joel Arecki. I am an international program advisor over at the Syracuse Abroad office. And um, today we're um, going to talk about culture shock and our experience with it during our time abroad. So in each of our experiences, we came into our semester abroad with a U.S. mindset. So we recognize that we were socialized in the United States and therefore have certain assumptions we were bringing to our abroad experience. So this episode will focus on how those previous assumptions were interrupted um, during our time abroad. We're gonna open it up by talking about identity. Um, how did you feel the perception of your identity changed while you were abroad? I had gone abroad before, but I had gone with um, my white family. So I had that perception of just being American in my head and I was so ready to be like, don't make, make sure they don't know you're American. Make sure like you try to speak the best Spanish you can speak and really try to adapt to them. Uh, but then I realized that when I was there alone that they perceived me as Asian before they perceived me as American, which is the second part of my identity. So it was very shocking to say the least just because it's drastically different just I would get stared at I would get a man called my friend and I like not racial slurs but names on the street and just the kind of open racism that they had in Spain was much different than the states and it was something I wasn't expecting because I was expecting to be perceived as American um, more than Asian but it was the first thing I saw about me I didn't have so much um uh, much of an experience with my race or ethnicity abroad because I'm white, but I did feel like I was uh, more in touch with my identity as a woman abroad. I obviously, like, I know I'm a girl, but I think that it was made much more apparent to me by um, how, like, social relationships and romantic relationships are pursued abroad. Um, I think there was a lot of, like, a lot more um, forward attention from men towards me and also a lot of my other girlfriends. Um, I also felt more aware of my identity as like a queer woman abroad, especially when I was out with my girlfriend. Um, I felt like I maybe was, we were kind of sexualized in public a little bit, um, which occurs everywhere, but I didn't, I don't so much experience it here, especially since I'm from a small town and being in a city like Madrid, um, experiencing nightlife frequently, I think it opened the options up to experiencing uh, those experiences as a woman and a queer woman more frequently. Well, I'll say one thing. Um, I didn't really 
have that much to say in the environment of class and in the environment um, of Barcelona because Barcelona was a very, very diverse city in which people from all over the world, from Latin America, South Asia, Southeast Asia, Eastern Europe were living together and coexisting. But I guess just one experience I had was um, when I went for my first day of volunteer English teacher, teaching assistant and when I went um, and I introduced myself as um, the as the um, the American English teacher's assistant, um, there was a little bit of a subtle surprise. Um, um, the, they stared at me and they just said, oh, oh, welcome, come on in. And then um, after that, um, I was welcomed with an open heart and the students really um, were excited to meet me and were really excited to see me possibly because of the fact that I speak English. Um, I don't, I'm not sure if it, because of, if it was necessarily because of the fact that I was American, but because they were, the students were meeting a live English teacher, I got so much attention and so much hospitality from students, from other teachers in the school, and just so much, in general, hospitality and niceness. Um, due to, I guess, I don't know whether it's me speaking English or something else, but this was, I would say this was really my only experience in which I did feel, did feel my identity was at play, but other than that, I can't really say. Um, I guess transitioning into um, how your identity was perceived while you were abroad um, versus maybe how it's perceived in the U.S., um, encounter and culture shock can also lead to challenging conversations. Um, does anyone have any examples of difficult conversations resulting from culture shock and maybe tips on how to navigate these conversations? I think that, like, as I was saying, people, at least in Madrid, were pretty direct with their speech and communication. So that, like, leads them to maybe asking um, more provocative questions with ease expecting that you'll give them like an honest response. So um, it can be challenging to have those conversations because maybe we're not so used to that type of forward communication, but maybe the person who you're communicating with doesn't see it that way. So I would take a moment in those experiences to like realize um, that you're not in the environment that you were socialized in and it's okay to talk about those things. I think uh, something that a lot of um, Madrienos like to talk about was like um, they would ask about politics a lot and I, I would just you know give them my honest answer about what I felt um, and it usually went over fine um, I know that a lot of my friends had experienced some of their host families expressing some prejudiced beliefs and they had difficulty navigating those conversations but since I hadn't haven't directly experienced that I can't really speak to it, but I do know that that is a possibility. I can speak to the host family's <laughs> conversation. I stayed with one. I had a host mom, host dad, and host sister. And one night I was talking about how one of my professors wasn't great and how my friend wanted to file a formal complaint. And that's like not a thing in Madrid. Like if you don't like the teacher, you kind of just suck it up, which I thought was interesting of just how different that was. Like something as basic as evaluate being able to evaluate your professor like they evaluate you and not necessarily happening but having that opportunity 
And I was like, oh, in my high school, there was this teacher. She got in a lot of trouble. She um, admitted to saying the N-word. And my host sister was like, what? What do you mean? We say it here all the time. And I was like, you, are we thinking of the same word? <laughs> and I, she was like, yeah, and like rap songs or like people will go up to each other and just say, say like as a greeting, kind of like saying, it's yeah, instead of saying like, hey girlies, it's like that, which I thought was really jarring. I don't, I think at the end of the day, I don't think we were talking about the same N-word because they kept on saying it to me in Spanish and it was not okay. the English N-word, but it was still a very challenging conversation to have with them about like trying to explain the transatlantic slave trade and like the origins of those words and how it's been reclaimed by the African-American and black community. And I had limited vocabulary and they had a very limited cultural understanding of the states. So I think those two things combined wasn't great. I went to the center afterwards and they offered to uh, come up with phrases that I could they could translate for me to have this conversation. I decided to leave it alone because that is the type of person I am. But knowing that the center staff will help you translate, usually when we came across those more challenging conversations with my host family, I had my roommate there who was really good at articulating the impact in a way they would understand, and I just did not have that just characteristic, I guess. Uh, but yeah, just talking to other people who can convey it a lot easier to them and have that same cultural understanding. I learned a lot about why they were so openly racist in Spain just because of like the dictatorship. And like, although I didn't like it, I understood why they were so open the, in the way that they were and why they had been oppressed for so long. So now they don't want to be oppressed at all and want to have all of the freedom of speech in the world, even if it isn't as sensitive or politically correct, I guess, as it is in the United States. Well, um, I'm thankful to say that I have never had to go through such difficult conversations. Um, during my time in Spain, I have met, I have fortunately been in the nicest and the most in intellectually stimulating of conversations. But um, I guess the closest thing I could think of is um, is um, when I would tell people I'm from the United States, I noticed that in Spain it's uh, it was quite normal of people to openly criticize the country. Um, people would say things like, why do you guys have such terrible health care? Why do you spend so much on the military and all that? And to navigate conversations like these, um, what I simply do is I just um, let the other person talk and they'll tire themselves out. Um, like literally I just use filler words like, um, yeah, I see. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's terrible. Yeah, it's understandable. That's terrible. And then just by saying these words, they understand that I'm not interested in talking about this. They pick up the cue. And when they pick up the cue, they just change the topic. And then I just change my, my intonations. Yeah, I think that's a really good way of handling that kind of stuff. And also, if you do want to pursue a type of conversation like that, um, to avoid maybe the misunderstandings that like you experienced, Gianna, like, it's okay to ask for clarification. And maybe you'll reach a um, mutual understanding. Did you feel that, um, so I know we've talked a little bit about how um, people are interested in the U.S. and they're interested in practicing their English and they're interested on when they meet someone from the U.S., maybe um, their beliefs or their political views. Did you feel like 
you were being asked to answer for the whole country? Like, did, did you kind of feel like um, they thought everyone from the U.S. would have a similar answer? Yeah, I, I think that maybe they expected our beliefs were a little more universal, like, like as a population. But as we all know, America is pretty divided and there's a wide range of beliefs that come from living here. So um, I would just speak your mind in those situations while also being cognizant of um, like certain sensitivities that might be offensive to others. However, I don't know how much you'll encounter that if you go to Spain because of the directness. <laughs> Um, and then we talked about um, difficult conversations as it relates to host families, and we know that that can be a challenging transition. Um, and with a language barrier, um, that makes it even more complicated. Did you guys encounter any um, difficult conversations with faculty, staff, locals um, during any of your time abroad? So maybe not just in Madrid, but in other places that you traveled? Um, I don't think I really encountered any difficulties in those areas. I feel like that's where I had the most rewarding and great experiences was talking with faculty and locals. Um, I, the, the like honesty and forwardness of communication there, like I think allowed me to develop re a lot closer relationships with my professors and faculty there. Um, and also that same kind of relationship was created, um, in, uh, night culture going out like it's very easy to make friends people come up to you talk to you and even if you don't speak Spanish like like we said people want to practice their English so um, they use it as an opportunity to um, create a new friendship and also it's a great opportunity to practice your Spanish in uh, conversations with faculty staff and locals and I think oh go I was just going to say some of my Madrid professors were very open to conversations about racism. Like my last presentation in my Spanish grammar classes of all classes was just about, they, they, they were like, you want to, we want you to reflect on your time in like the most honest and sincere way possible. And I reflected on almost every single time I like experienced racism in there. And he's like, he was very understanding of it and very receptive to it and acknowledged it as an issue. When I like brought it up with other people, they were like, mm, like it's not an issue or that kind of stuff. Like they're, they're open about a lot of things, but they're not open to not criticism, but also just like they're a little too open to the point where they don't acknowledge it and they don't um, recognize it as well as like Americans do because they, they don't think they're being racist. They like maybe don't assess like why that system is in place or like why that's how it is yeah okay interesting well um i was thankful to have um the good professors um, most of my professors have actually been to the united states and some of them have studied there and some of them had had um done done a perhaps a master's or maybe some form of education so my professors definitely knew a lot about the United States and were very knowledgeable and um, definitely knew what was the right things to discuss with us and what was the right things, things to talk about. Um, so, yeah. Elena, I think when you were talking about how um, people are really open and like willing to make friends, um, I think that leads us into our next question, which is immersing yourself in another culture can be really challenging but also lonely 
Um, so it can be hard to find um, community when you're out of your element. Does anyone have any advice about how to go about finding community during an abroad experience? Um, yeah, so even I had this experience um, when I first got to Spain even, I, for like the first few months, felt a little lonely, had um, trouble making friends and all of that. So this is what I did. I just simply Googled how to make friends in Barcelona. And there were a bunch of Facebook groups um, which were doing different things. Um, um, one was a Facebook group for playing volleyball. One was a group for doing yoga. Another was playing basketball. And another was, um, was a language exchange. So I joined um, a group in which um, people do trips every weekend. What we do in this group is we contribute 10 to 20 euros, we rent a bus, and then we take a hiking trip or a trip to some other city. And from this, I made the bestest friends ever, whom I still talk to to this day, and whom I visited once um, in Germany. And they're from everywhere, from Germany, from Italy, from France, from Romania, and even to this to this day I talk to them and they're like family now to me so this is just simply what I did um I you know from th from that point on I learned that a simple google search can really go a long way <laughs> yeah I think that's a really good opportunity to take advantage of if you're looking um to connect with people abroad outside of the Syracuse community um a way that I also took advantage of that was uh, I would play soccer almost every week with my friends from the Syracuse program. Um, and I, I hope that they do this again, but the uh, university rented out a field for us every Thursday. And that was an opportunity for us to interact with people outside as well because we would just have random pickup games with, like, honestly, a bunch of, like, middle schoolers. And we were incredibly humbled by how good they were like call we were college students and we completely got our butts kicked by them um but it was really fun and it's a good opportunity to make use of your language while you're abroad because that was a whole set of vocabulary that I was unfamiliar with because it was very colloquial and um kind of quick-witted and on the go because of like how uh just like the spontaneity of sports like I feel like it calls for a different vocabulary so yeah I just frequented the exact same like cafe bar place almost every day. My roommate and I would just spend hours doing homework after school. She'd stay there for a lot longer, but I'd go and I'd visit her or in the evenings we'd go and we'd grab a snack there. And the bartender really wanted to practice his English because it was right by all of the museums that were over there. And then his coworker, one day she was in and her and I had a very long conversation and I went back to Madrid over this past spring break and she actually like recognized me, which I thought was very insane that she would be able to. And then also that um, she like knew, she knew my roommate's name, she, did, she didn't remember mine, but she remembered my face and she obviously had, had a lot of happen in like a year of like all of the tourists going in. Um, but yeah, really trying to like have a routine almost. So you, kind of like make friends with people who you like ex like do your routine with every day going to the same place and like they're expecting to see you or that kind of stuff yeah I feel like that might help you get comfortable because um like we said it can get lonely and be nerve-wracking to go abroad um so like 
I would just say like, go for it. Like you can only get comfortable by immersing yourself in those challenging, challenging experiences. And once you like make a habit out of it, it'll become much easier. And before you know it, you're kind of assimilated into the social context of Spain or wherever you are. So we want to talk about mental health and how that plays a role in your abroad experience, how that may be fluctuated, um, or mental health care or um, tips you have for students who are going abroad to be able to manage that? Well, um, I personally thought that, um, I personally thought that navigating mental health care in my program was actually great. I mean, I just went to um, the program's head and said, I need a therapist, and she said, okay, how about tomorrow? And I said, oh, okay. And, you know, I've done it, and um, it was completely free. Um, well, due to SU insurance and also Spain's healthcare system. And, yeah, just um, therapy sessions were free. They were, they were very nice. And, um, and um, now I can brag on my bucket list that I did therapy fully in Spanish. <laughs> so for me, I thought it was, um, it was a very easy and, uh, and uh, straightforward thing to, to um, navigate um, the program. My program definitely helped me out a lot, and um, and the therapists were also very helpful, and they gave me food every session, <laughs> and they were such just the nicest people, and definitely were so helpful, and and yeah, I mean they're very flexible with like meeting with Zoom or meeting in a cafe and all of this stuff, and did not cost a single penny. <laughs> did you have to do it in Spanish, or was that no, a, you a didn't. choice? You didn't have to. I just did it. I just did because um, to make him feel comfortable. Um, there were, um, they, um, the program was willing to provide an interpreter, but I didn't need one. I didn't need an interpreter, and and yeah, I mean, he was not c too comfortable in English, so I just did it in Spanish to make him feel at ease and to make me f and to just. I don't know. I I have a thing with languages. I feel like I can express something else in another language. So that was just my personal feeling. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I'll, this is really quick. Um, but I think it's great that you have options because like, it's awesome that someone like you can um, then express themselves in Spanish if that's what they feel most comfortable doing. But then also they have bilingual therapists. So if you only speak English or you're only comfortable speaking in English, then um, or speaking about those kinds of topics in English, because it might be difficult to express yourself and your feelings in another language, um, that you have that option as well. I think just also knowing that you may feel isolated, but I can guarantee you so many other kids on your program also feel isolated. And it's easy to fall into this trap literally anywhere, but social media, your abroad experience is what you make of it. You don't need to share every single detail. It may look like these people are having like the best time of their life and you're like, oh my God, why am I not doing X, Y, Z like they are? But it's really your experience and you can shape it however you want it to look like. And also knowing that you're not alone by any means of feeling isolated while abroad. That has been a sentiment of a lot of my friends who have been abroad. Um, and just trying to get yourself out there, not only with SU and SU visiting kids, but also around in the local community. Yeah. Finally, going abroad can be jarring, but returning home can also be really tough. Can anyone talk about their experience with reverse culture shock upon returning to the United States? Um, upon returning, for me, it was a little depressing of a phase because back in Spain, I, 
I had me and my group and we just took the metro to meet somewhere and we'd go to a bar and then after a bar we'd go tapear well which means to get tapas and then we'd go and then we'd go out to a club or somewhere and and coming back from a from a city with such possi- so many possibilities to get engaged with a very great metro system to my small hometown um with uh, basically nobody and and my car was a little depressing and when i came back i definitely forgot some american things for example like forgetting how to tip um forgetting tipping and forgetting to say please and thank you because in spain nobody says please and thank you and yeah it was it was a little bit like that it was a little depressing after i came back i just stayed home and just stayed on my phone and didn't have any feeling to go out and do something but then within time within time you just get used to it and and uh, yeah what you and i i feel like what helps is just keep talking to those friends um stay in touch which i did and my friends did we just always talked and then we planned our next trip of when we'd see each other and to me that really helped <laughs> so yeah i think that um to kind of counteract that sad or um sad or like empty feeling when you come back from being abroad i would create some routines abroad to like help you stay um help you stay stable and like calm at least that's what i did so that like anytime i was feeling lonely or just unstable i would go back to those routines and then when i came home having those that sense of something that was always with me like a change in my environment wasn't necessarily so jarring um because i had those things that i continuously did that kept me kept me down you know i would say also like to to like maybe it not be so jarring coming back after being abroad take it all in and like take advantage of every moment you're there because like even though it can be tough and challenging to be abroad i it, as it was for all of us i think we would all say as a whole being abroad was amazing and um if you focus on those good aspects the challenging ones kind of dissipate some more and you really only learn from them and those differences help us kind of grow i think so just take advantage of each moment while you're there i think empty is a really good way to describe how you feel and you come back as like a piece of you is still where you were um and it's almost like you have two homes now which can be difficult if you've never experienced that you know if you um haven't gone through something like that before does anyone have anything else to add um i would just personally say um well um try to definitely try to go back in some other way like apply for a scholarship or do a gap year and do visit whenever you have the time and you'll see that your second home will always be with you forever Thank thanks you. for listening thanks. <laughs> yeah thanks for listening <laughs> we hope this was helpful in any way shape or form visit the su madrid website for more and su abroad website for more resources and You're welcome to keep in contact with us, emailing Joelle, who will email us, or, <laughs> yeah.